episode of Global Nashville with Carl Dean. I'm Patrick Ryan, President of the Tennessee World Affairs Council. This evening, former Nashville Mayor Carl Dean will talk with Kate Burke, Chief Operating Officer of Alliance Bernstein. Good evening and welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks, and, Pat. Good to see you. Good, good to see you. Uh, in January, Governor Bill Lee announced Alliance Bernstein's expansion in Tennessee saying AB's new global headquarters is one of Tennessee's most consequential economic development wins in recent years. The creation of hundreds of quality jobs will provide tremendous benefits to the entire Middle Tennessee region. The expansion brings AB's planned investment in Nashville to more than $80 million. In coming months, AB will be moving into the Fifth and Broadway development. Alliance Bernstein is an asset management and research firm with a unique combination of expertise innovative solutions and global reach. They attract the industry's best talent and they are global. AB has approximately 623 billion in assets under management, nearly 3,800 employees and offices in 25 countries. At the January announcement, TNECD commissioner Bob Rolfe said, quote, it's hard to overstate how significant AB's commitment to Nashville is for our state. Once fully operational, AB will have more than 1,250 employees here in Middle Tennessee, making it one of downtown Nashville's largest employers. He said, we're incredibly honored that a company of this caliber has so quickly established deep roots in Tennessee and continues to create extremely well-paying and high quality jobs in Nashville. Kate Burke is the Chief Operating Officer of AB, responsible for overseeing legal, compliance, corporate communications, human capital, corporate and information security operations and technology. She was previously chief administrative officer and prior to that head of human, human capital and chief talent officer. Burke has more than two decades of financial services and consulting industry experience. She joined Bernstein Research in 2004 in institutional sales where she rose to senior vice president and managing director overseeing institutional sales teams in the Midwest New York and Canada. Prior to joining the firm, Burke was a manager at AT Kearney, where she led client cross-divisional organizational development programs. She holds a BA in economics from the College of the Holy Cross and an MBA from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Mayor Dean, we're looking forward to this evening's conversation. Well, thank you, Pat and uh, Kate. Welcome. I'm, I'm glad you could be with us tonight. and. Um, I didn't realize you were a crusader. I am. I have I have uh, I have ties to Worcester. No, I have ties to Worcester, Massachusetts, and um, I have I I have been to Holy Cross football games, and uh, it, it's a great school. So that's interesting. It is well, a great. My nephew is going to play uh, D one baseball there. Hopefully next next year if all if all goes well. So it's but we had my it has nothing to do with my husband and I. He likes he like my husband's also a crusader. He liked it independently. But yeah, it's uh we have very fond memories of our time on the hill. Good. Well, for those we're talking about Holy Cross, which is in Worcester, Massachusetts, a great Jesuit school, and um, well, it's good to hear good to hear about it. Um, so Alliance Bernstein. Um, I, everything Pat said it was true and what uh, the governor has said and others have said, this was a really big deal for Nashville and for Tennessee. Um, what is Alliance Bernstein? What do you do? And how many people are coming to Nashville? 
Uh, well, look, it's a really big deal for us. It was no, uh, it was not an easy decision to uh, decide to move our headquarters out of New York, which is where we were founded, uh, you know, over 30 years ago, uh, and, and make the decision to, to move to Nashville. So a lot, but let me start with Alliance Bernstein. So Alliance Bernstein is an asset manager, uh, as well as a private wealth firm. And then we also have something called Bernstein Research, which is um, research analysts who write about public companies. Uh, we have other people at other firms who cover Alliance Bernstein as a, as a publicly traded company uh, and provide research advice, not actually to some of AB's, to both Alliance Bernstein and to some of our competitors uh, in, in, the, in the asset management space. So as an asset manager, and I'll just do a really high level like 101, because um, from I'm from Minnesota originally, and I have to tell you my exposure to uh, asset management or the finance world was like, I was a bank teller. Like that's how I first got my first exposure to, I was like, I wanna work in finance. And I got my first job as a bank teller. And then I realized that there was like a lot more to it and, and started to get really interested in, um, in the markets. But, uh, Alliance Bernstein, it, uh, as an asset manager, we essentially have clients that could be institutional like pension funds um, or uh, retail clients like you could buy an Alliance Bernstein mutual fund through your, your advisor um, and, and they're global in the, and, and these clients are global in nature. So we have a global client base and then we have a global product set. Uh, and our products tend to be in four different categories. There's fixed, in, fixed income, uh, so, so both credit and, uh, and currency. You've got multi-asset, which is kind of a mix of everything, uh, which is fixed income and equities and, and more of an asset allocation type of approach. And then equities is, I think, what most people think about when they think of, well, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the S&P 500, it's, it's the stock market. And we invest in any, you know, a, an array of products from large cap growth to emerging market products um, to a, a global value product. And so uh, those are portfolio managers who are choosing companies around the globe to put into their portfolio to try to establish a, a return on, on uh, individual investments. And then we have alternatives, which uh, can be anything from, we have a, a a hedge fund in-house to um, a European credit, uh, real estate, uh, and other kinds of private alternatives. It's, bas it's basically like establishing credit. Uh, we do middle market lending, and all of these are different um, products that we sell then through our global distribution channel, um, which is why we're in 26 countries, because we have, we have clients in all of those. And what you're moving to Nashville is, is your headquarters? Yeah, our headquarters. So our headquarters was moving to Nashville. We, um, look, we made a decision that moving the headquarters was in the best interest of, 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 of the firm because you want to have, um, what we didn't want to do is have it be simply um, like a second office or be it, a, our, our culture is one where we, U.S. as one firm, one culture, and we, by moving the headquarters, we knew we would also be able to uh, bring investment talent eventually down here, uh, certainly distribution and sales talent, and then many of the corporate functions uh, will, will be here. And so, and we wanted to make it our home. 
I mean, that was our goal is to say, we want to reestablish um, our footprint uh, and, and Nashville is a very appealing, ultimately, we did a, large, a long search and, 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 and Nashville uh, for a variety of reasons was, was the most, was, was the winner, the most appealing one. Right decision. Us. And how many people will you bring in to Nashville? So we're gonna have a pro we have, out of the thirty eight hundred global employees, probably about twenty five hundred or so are are U S based, and a half of that, about twelve fifty, will be in Nashville ultimately. But that's a combination of both uh, people moving down, so somewhere probably I think we have about two fifty to three hundred that are that have already committed or have already moved or have committed to move. Uh, and then we've hired so far locally uh, and in the region, uh, probably about 400 or so. So we're a little over 750 today. And, and that was slowed down a little bit by the COVID. Our pace this year slowed down a little bit. Uh, globally. Uh, Great. So and, and so you're going to be at uh, Fifth and Broad? Is where you are located? Yes, yes. That's a, well, you're right in the middle of everything. That's a wonderful place to be. So this is the World um, Tennessee World Affairs Council. And obviously from just what we've talked about so far, you, you folks are all over the world, 26 mm -hmm. countries mm -hmm. and, and offices in a variety of, of major cities. Um, any hesitation about Nashville when it came to the idea of uh, conducting international business out of the middle of uh, the country? No, I mean, look, we, uh, no, I mean, one, technology today is an enabler, so we really can work from almost, almost anywhere. Um, I think that there, when you think about finance, everyone tends to think of it as being large city centers, like a New York City or a London or a Singapore or a Hong Kong. And that's true. There's certainly major, um, firms in that area, but asset managers also tend to be all over the country and some of our competitors are in, are in different cities all over the world and, and in the United States. And what gave us confidence about Nashville was really the talent pool. So we'd spent a lot of time, as you can imagine, um, when we started with a, a, a list of over 30 cities and being a research shop, we first tried to do a quantitative review where we scored all the cities based on everything from the climate to travel, uh, uh, I would say, for example, the airport, the the first fl direct flight to, to London out of Nashville, that that improved your quality, your quantitative score. Uh, so, and things like time zone, like we were, we had, because we have offices in Hong Kong and we wanna do a global call, being aware of the time difference between Europe, the US, and Asia region, you, you don't want to go, if you go too far west, you can, you can make it, it's more challenging to have calls with Europe at the same time. Uh, east, as, our, as we were on the east coast, that was sort of the middle ground where you could have a 12 hour difference. And so going one, one hour west as a central time, we knew it was going to be doable from our, from, from, a globe, from our ability to do these kinds of calls globally. Um, and then again, it came back to, to the talent and, and we spent a lot of time. There's two things I would say that we spent a lot of time looking at in, in all of the cities and, and where Nashville really stood out. One was um, around the inclusivity of the city. 
you know, we knew we were going to ask a lot of Alliance Bernstein employees to essentially move to Nashville as part of, of it. And so we have a very diverse employee base uh, and we wanted to make sure we chose a city where we thought they would feel welcome um, in, in, and that they could find a community and their faith and, and find uh, and, and be able to enter in and feel comfortable quickly. And there, there's no doubt Nashville is an incredibly welcoming city. The stories we've heard from employees um, that have moved here about the, the welcoming of their neighbors and, and, um, and the welcoming of the community overall have really, I think, actually were particularly powerful early on as we were convincing um, and talking to people about making the move. The stories that were coming back to New York just about the welcome in Nashville were really powerful in, in getting people to think about coming. Um, and then separately was the talent pool. We knew not everyone was going to move. And so we spent a lot of time looking at the, the university system in the region and the type of talent that was available. And we had a lot of confidence that we would be able to build strong relationships with the, with the universities in the area and be able to be really a, a sort a, a top talent provider uh, and option for, for people in the Tennessee region and in, in the Southeast to um, be able to work in finance in a firm that we think is you know, really unique and special in terms of how we, in terms of our culture and, and our global work, but we like to say it's global in nature, but familial and family oriented in our culture. Right. And so it fits very well, I think, into how Nashville actually as a city is perceived in a lot of ways. It's, there's so much global influence here, but, but it still feels very much, and as a newcomer, Maybe I, you know, it, you've been here much longer, so you can talk about how the city has evolved. It, it certainly still, still is very uh, neighborly, welcoming, sort of family-oriented, friendly city, and so it's really appealing to us. Well, when I came here over 30 years ago, I think the thing that struck me the most is just, it's the freest place I ever have been, and I think it remains that way despite um, growth and 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 whatever. Um, so, the airport. The talent, the universities, um, the weather, I mean, temperate weather, I guess if you're coming from the north, this is good. What's been the biggest, what's been the biggest um, change for you living in the south? Uh, hook up at school, picking my kids up. No, uh, no um, what's been the biggest change? Look, I think it's been... Um, Actually, it has been driving. I moved out of Manhattan. And so, so public transportation was something I did. We really leveraged as a family. Um, so getting back in the car and driving everywhere was just a, was just a shift, but it's, it's been great um, and, and makes me um, happy to be actually in control of my schedule versus waiting on the MTA to, to, to arrive to, to get me from point A to, to point B. Um, and then look, I think one of the things that uh, we knew about, but we didn't, you know, we knew we, it's, it, it's kind of what we've already talked about that we, we knew it would be here, but just the, the strength of the overall community and commitment that you feel in Nashville and it was part of the reason um, I think that Nashville really resonated with us um, at Alliance Bernstein in terms of making the choice was the, the philanthropic um, commitment in this city 
the, the rallying around issues and working to uh, solve every city has challenges and, and the commitment to continue to invest in the city between the, the, the government, uh, the local and, and state government, um, the commitment of the philanthropic and, and, the, and, the, and the charities and the, and the work that they do here and the connection and like not the, the lack of competitiveness, like everyone wants everyone to win to, to help make Nashville a, a, a better place. And then um, the individuals who are really committed their time and energy, we've had a ton of volunteerism, even, I mean, even as we've been working from home, we've had people volunteering uh, and giving their time in whatever format they can back into the community here at Nashville. And, and so we knew it was there, we, had, we could sense it, but it, it's been really powerful. When you think of the tornado earlier this year, and then the pandemic, just the way this city has really rallied um, to respond to those in need. I think uh, it's been heartening to see. It's, it's what we had hoped for, but to see it in person has been really, I think, um, uh, reassuring and in many ways, uh, and, and reassuring and reaffirming about what, what attracted us to, to Nashville and that it's still here. Well, one of the things the World Affairs Council does is help students, college students, high school students, who are interested in international affairs and thinking about careers in international mm -hmm. affairs, sort of tell them um, you know, there's a lot of different routes to get into working in that area. And, and can you just talk about that from your experiences? I mean, have you, have you been assigned overseas as part of your, your work or? So I have not personally been assigned overseas at Alliance Bernstein, but it is something that, that we do. And I certainly have spent a fair amount of time in my last couple of roles from head of human capital, uh, chief administrative officer, and and as soon as I can get back on, on the road again in our international offices. And we do have people um, who have moved around and, and it's something that we look to do in terms of rounding up people's experience sets is, is the opportunity to start in our national office or, or start in our London office. And as you're uh, building your career, depending on your area of expertise, uh, the opportunity to travel. So for example, right now, we're building a, um, an office in Shanghai. Uh, the, the Chinese market has more recently opened up, up to uh, foreign investment companies coming in to provide investment services. Uh, so we're really excited about that opportunity. And while we're hiring local there, we've also had people, uh, actually someone who was here in Nashville for the last couple of years is, is moving to, in our technology group, is moving there to help build out the infrastructure of that office, right? So there is that kind of internal mobility um, and it depends on where the, the opportunity set is and the, and the skill set is, if you can totally take advantage of it. You'll, you might hear some London accents here in, in Nashville of some of our, of our of our UK people moving over um, to help to help uh, do some of the, the infrastructure roles or, or, or sales roles. And so, um, look, I think that that's one of the, the great parts about working for a global firm and a global firm of our size, where it's 3,800 employees, there are, you're a known entity. And so it does help create opportunities versus if you're in a really large, Old bracket or ten or hundred thousand dollar firm, those opportunities are there, but 
but and maybe even more opportunities to potentially get but there's that many more people vying for those for those seats and so it's something that that we look at and um, we do think global experience and as a global firm we're very aware of our need to um act globally and to think globally and and even though we were and it's something actually we continue to work on where we were we at times i think say we're we can still be too u.s centric and we really intentionally try to make sure we're creating an environment where the global voices uh, and that diversity of thought really can be brought into our decision making because it, it is really powerful when you have those different uh, perspectives and global perspectives helping you make not only investment decisions but just longer term strategic decisions about where your opportunities are. How has the, um, the pandemic affected your business and operations? Mm -hmm. You mentioned like working at home and other things. Yeah, I mean, look, we're we were just talking about this earlier today. I mean, we are um, we are very aware of how fortunate we are to work in an industry that you can that you can do remotely. We didn't we wouldn't have said you could in February of this year that that this is how we would have been able to function. But we really we had invested a lot in our um, technology in things like Zoom and uh, mo mobility prior to the pandemic. And um, through our planning of many people here in Nashville, our technology and operations team here is incredibly strong. Uh, they were able to very quickly help mobilize us. Um, we also have some offshoring in India and they were incredibly proactive about ensuring that even our, our consultants in India had the ability, a laptop to be able to, if, if it hit India, to be able to go, and it obviously has at this point, to be able to go and work from home. And so we, we invested and spent a fair amount of, of time and energy in those early months, uh, equipping us to be able to, to, to successfully pivot. Um, and that's been great. What's been interesting also is it's actually, there, there's been a lot of feedback internally about how in many ways this kind of communication, the Zoom, right, the Brady Bunch, however you want to, the multiple squares, yeah. and has really improved um, some of our global connectivity because historically you would have like a meeting, a conference room of like eight people sitting in one room in New York, eight people in Nashville, and four people in London. And You'd be, you know, whoever had the mic sort of, or whoever had the attention of the, of the room, the conversation was sort of gravitated to that room and it was hard to interject if you were from the outside. This is a great equalizer. Everyone is at the same size square on your computer screen and, and it's in created an intentionality of around in communication, I think, across the global teams that, that what we hear out of our people in Hong Kong and, um, and uh, London is in San Antonio, that, that, that it's been really beneficial. And they hope that as we eventually start to get people back in the office, that we continue to run particularly global meetings in this kind of format, because it helps, um, it, help, it helps everyone be on the same playing field versus the, the in-person versus, you know, calling in. Right. Um, uh, Do you see any other business um, changes that will come when the when the pandemic's over that I mean that's that's a positive one uh, yeah are there other things that you could visit in terms of how operations are done yeah look I 
like I think that there's like if you had said to us in 2019 that we could have 300, you know, 3,800 people working remotely, we would and still be as successful and have as good of a year where we gain market share and and I think have done well. Um, we would have been highly skeptical. And so now we have a workforce now that's shown that they, you know, we were very much a kind of in the workplace uh, culture. Uh, and uh, now we have had, you know, 38 weeks of being a work from work remotely or work from home culture. And I think we, you can anticipate as we get back into the office that we're not gonna return to the, the ways we worked in 2019. And so there's a lot of energy going into what does like the in, you'll hear reimagine work like what does flexibility look like in the future for our kind of um of office and i think you'll see more of it and that will be i think very beneficial both to the employees um who oftentimes want i mean we've surveyed our employees they want to be back in the office they they miss being there but they don't necessarily want to be back five days a week every single week right so having some flexibility to, to say, I'm gonna be logging in from home, I have this happening, or just because you're doing work, there's some tasks, I think we're just, we're in the middle of review time. It's a lot easier to write a review at home than it was in the office, because you're not getting interrupted. You can have you know concentrated time, but, but just if you think about the kind of work we do, whether you're researching a company or you're in a spreadsheet doing financial modeling, some of that is like independent, highly concentrated, concentrated work time, you know, focus time. And then other times you really want to be engaging in debate about socioeconomic policies, the impact of the stimulus, like what is it going to mean for our investments? How do you win a client? What is the service we should be providing? And many of those conversations we think can have a lot of innovation and collaboration and they're easy, they, they, they lend themselves to being in the office. So I think depending on the type of work you do, um, you're gonna see some, some kind of hybrid approach um, that, that we're looking at and, and working and trying to figure out how to equip our managers to manage in both in that world. They're really good at work managing people in the office. They're really good now at managing people working from home. Now they're gonna to have to get really good at managing people in both locations. Right. And I think it's gonna be, I, I think it creates some challenges but it also creates some real um, opportunities from a, a productivity and talent perspective that, that we're aware of. And so it, it, it'll change the way I think people work. I think they're this, and I think leveraging technology um, and leveraging automation, like processes that you could automate all became much more um, at the forefront. Like we were able to do in some of our digital engagement strategies with clients things that we had talked about doing that probably would have slowly germinated and taken a year or two to do just because of the reality of not being able to see people face-to-face -face or the desire to self-service to get things in a timely manner just accelerated the investment in those areas. And so I think you'll continue to see, to see that that technology continues to, to sort of um, an enabler in terms of our, our engagement strategies with, with clients and, and, and investors. And of course, when the pand pandemic is over, you also have the opportunity to see more of Nashville and go to the restaurants and all the things that you kind of got put on hold when in the last seven or eight months. 
I know we're very much like, I mean, I'm like everyone. Um, we're very looking, I mean, what's been wonderful about Nashville is just how beautiful it is and, and, and the, the, the park systems. I mean, the amount of outdoor space that you have to be able, especially in good weather, but even, you know, just think of the Thanksgiving weekend, how stunning, what a stunning weekend it was. Right. Uh, be able to be outside and, um, and enjoy all of the great, uh, all of it is, it's been a big differentiator personally for my family and I, uh, as we moved down here. Um, but man, we're looking forward to the amenities. We're looking forward to all those great cultural uh, activities that, that we were experiencing prior to, to, to the pandemic and, and uh, look forward to, to, to getting out there and enjoying, enjoying all of that again. Great. Well, we're thrilled that you're here. Pat, you have uh, questions or? We have, uh, we have one from Carol and we touched on it a little bit. Carol asked, um, you design your new office environment in a pre-COVID world. When you uh, move into your office as a fifth and broad, Broadway, do you uh, envision you utilizing your new space differently? And, and I think there's a conversation um, about corporations uh, and, and other people who use uh, office suites downsizing because they, they like the idea of having less uh, foot, footprint to, uh, to pay rent on. Is, is, is that something that... Um, yeah, no, but there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot of discussion around that. Certainly in corporate America right now. I think we we were very fortunate, um, and we had a vision as we were designing the headquarters down here that we wanted to create a space where people could come together and uh, have this have a have like feel the concept of innovation. So the the way the workspace is designed is there's multiple places where you can work. So people will have their desks, but there's huddle rooms and conference rooms and cafe spaces and, and library spaces and spaces where you can kind of do this different work. What we just talked about of what, why some work may be better to, or, or uh, conducive to working at home. We actually created spaces like that both in the office knowing that people's days were often a mix of independent work and collaborative work. And so, the design of the space overall, um, we haven't really changed uh, from a from a capacity standpoint, and um, we took out a, a few desks just to open it up a little bit. But it, it's really there's nothing meaningful that we change in the design, and we talk about it all the time about like what would what is there anything we should have thought about, or is there anything we should think about changing in the future? And from our perspective, the design that it's going to be, I can't wait. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be, it's going to be this great, modern, beautiful technology enabled space that I think is going to help um, create a connectivity with our employees in the office. That's going to just be fantastic. And then it's going to be in the heart of Nashville and that energy and creativity uh, is, I think when you're around that, I think it, 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 it's like through osmosis, right? Like you breathe it in and it, and it helps fuel what you're doing. And so we're excited about, um, about that. And we feel very fortunate that, that we were progressive, I think in our floor plan decisions about where, what you, we wanted work to feel like, that this, um, this doesn't change that. Like we still want people, when people are coming to the office, we want them to be motivated by 
by the space that they're in. And, and I think that, that the design we have is going to continue to be able to, to do that even in a, in a post-pandemic world. Well, I was going to comment on, on the location, uh, Broadway at, at Fifth, across from the Bridgestone and Tootsies and uh, Robert's Western World and, and all those kinds of places. Uh, that, that will certainly put the stamp, the Nashville stamp on corporate culture, I would think. And the new museum uh, there is going to be there too. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, in our it's a big deal. It's going to be fantastic. Well, we, have one, we have one question from a Facebook uh, live viewer. How did the corp, how did other corporate relocations like Amazon and other newcomers set for the Nashville Yards complex and elsewhere affect uh, your decision to pick Nashville? Was there any cross corporate um, elbowing to get uh, to get in quick? No, I mean, so to be clear, we made the decision to move to Nashville before Amazon did. Uh, and look, we're, we're excited that Amazon's here, quite frankly. I think the more um, investment at, that you have in the academic and education and training programs and the, the ability to really build a really strong technology um, footprint here in Nashville, I think will be beneficial for, for the city as a whole. Um, and so uh, we're good. I mean, we're glad they're not having hundreds of thousands. I'd like, we're glad that they have a good size office. I, that, that will, it will certainly continue to make the, the competition for talent, I think, um, in Nashville. But it's also what attracts people to Nashville. And we're very different firms. We do very, we do very different things. So if you want to have a career in, in finance um, and really versus, uh, uh, gosh, Amazon does so many different things. Um, you know, we, and it's such a large entity that we think that our, our uh, opportunity, the opportunity we provide for the, the talent pool in, in Nashville is still pretty distinctive. So we were happy to see him come, um, and we were, but we were happy we made the decision first. Amanda in our uh, Zoom room uh, asks, uh, Kate, welcome to Nashville, as well as the rest of uh, AB. You mentioned being a global firm, but also have a familiar atmosphere. Uh, aside from the layout of the office, how are you planning to foster connection between different business units as well as with the local government and community? Any plans for partnerships? Yeah, look, we've, um, we've had a very intentional, that is a great question. Um, and there's a lot of intentionality that goes in, into what we're trying to do here. So one, um, you know, we have had, I, I just, I can't, I won't get the number exactly right, but I think we already have AB employees around 50 different uh, uh, for, uh, uh, charity boards, philanthropy boards here. So we're very, we're a very giving organization and we've encouraged our uh, employee base both through volunteering their time and to, from a civic duty perspective, to get engaged in their community because we do think that creates important connective ties to the, to the community you operate in and, and, is, and is beneficial both to the firm um, and ideally gives back to the community that we, that we work in. Um, and then look, the, one of the things that attracted us to, to Nashville was the, the partnership among the companies here to, to, to say we want to we help invest in the city of Nashville. And, and, and I think so between that and um, be involved with the city council. I mean, there's just so many opportunities, I think, for us to, and we've built relationships, I think, at, in the beginning, and that we can hope to continue to, um, 
to strengthen over over our time here so that we can be a vibrant member of the overall Nashville community in, in all areas. Jim Shepard asks, uh, as you have been building out your team here in Nashville by adding people new to AB, how are you introducing them to the AB culture and practices in this remote work environment we're in today? I like the second part of that question because I was about to say, well, it was a lot easier uh, prior prior to the pandemic um, because I think we have a we have an onboarding program that takes you not only through the history of of the firm and what we do, but it, it uh, but it also um, connected you to various organizations and and in Nashville, especially when we were in person. What was great is we were we were running sessions on on a biweekly basis of where you it was you could come in here, uh, Carl Sproul's talk about technology, and then you could go and hear Jim Lip talk talk about finance, and you could just opt in so that you always had this constant sort of connectivity and learning. And then we did like one of the things around community events is it helps bring people together across different business functions to get to know each other. And so there was a lot of um, programming in person that worked really well uh, to connect both the people who moved down to New York who could help bring the culture with us as well as um, connecting all of the new employees. We did a lot of new employee onboarding, monthly town halls, all of, and all of it was in person. And so it, it felt very intuitive and natural. Shifting it to um, remote, and one is we, slowed, we, we, we did slow down hiring and we stopped hiring for a couple of months as we tried to just get comfortable again working we did modest hiring, I should say we didn't stop, but we did very modest hiring. We slowed down the plans plans considerably as we just said, let's just make sure everyone who's new and everyone who is here um, understands what we need to deliver for our clients. And let's just really focus on like the highest quality execution that we can do. Uh, probably around June or July, we said, okay, we're good. We have, we have it up and running again, or, or we're, we're, we're running well. Um, and we wanted to get our, uh, our recruiting up and running again and really get back into the market. And so many of the, the programs we were, we were doing in office, we've tried to do remote. And so there, there's, there's these different events that, that people can still opt into to let me call them chat and snacks and they can go in here you know, in this environment uh, about the different areas of the organizations. Um, we're also, uh, actually gonna roll out some buddy programs into the next year and informal mentoring because we recognize that it's just more challenging for new employees. They know their teams really well. They get to know their teams really well through the day-to-day -day, um, environment, but for them to get to know the firm and one of the great parts about being in office is that it just, especially because it was an open floor plan, is it really conveyed the non-hierarchical aspect of our firm, which is that we're all equally accessible all the time. And it's not, that doesn't feel the same way when you have to call someone on Zoom or set up, a, like it, the formality of Zoom like diminishes that ex feeling of accessibility. So we're really gonna focus, um, and we have, we've been trying to get more of those access points so that p new joiners in the organization get to know people really more broadly across the firm and in senior management to have that same level of accessibility going forward. But a lot of just the materials and programming and, and um, just essentially went to, to, to this webinars in this kind of format.
Last question from Facebook Live. Uh, I don't know if this is somebody looking for a stock tip, but uh, the question is, the market seemed to perk up with the vaccines announcements. Are industry forecasts for 2021 looking for a uh, breakout of pent-up demand or should we expect a slower recovery? Uh, I am going to pass on opining my personal opinion on the markets. It's not, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't have a corporate outlook that I would say we have a lot of debate internally about what 2021, look, that's the great part about diversity of thought. Uh, and if you're paying attention to the markets right now, I do think, look, I think the vaccine and the quicker we can um, get people um, back to uh, a vibrant economy and more people back up to work is, is all beneficial for it. Um, there's certainly likely some pent up demand in, in various areas. Um, uh, well, we'll, yeah. we'll send back the answer that they should get an account with Alliance Bernstein. But, but yeah, they should be, I have, I have a great financial advisor that I'll hook <laughs> you up with to, to understand your risk profile and, and, and where you might want to do your asset allocation strategy uh, uh, going into, into 21. Carl, uh, maybe last comments from you and Kate, and then I'll close it up. No, I just, um, I think it's great that, that you're here, and I'm glad... Um, the things have gone well so far. And I think the things you talked about, um, you know, those are kind of natural strengths. I, you know, I see Nashville's future really is dependent upon attracting talent. Your AB is gonna be a big part in attracting talent to the city. And you know, think of the different energy that's gonna be created by the other companies that have come here. You're all here, um, that's gonna be great. I think your recognition of the city's being uh, welcoming, a tolerant city, a city that embraces diversity is, is fantastic. And I think you know, being involved at the sophisticated level you all are helps us in terms of uh, becoming more and more of a technology city, which I, again, which I see as the future. But it is a, it's a big deal that you're all here, it really is. And uh, we're thrilled and uh, wish you all the best. And if anything, we, we could do to ever help you or anybody at AB uh, with questions about Nashville or um, anything else, just let us know. Well, thank you for all those kind words. But like I said, we're really thrilled to be here. And uh, I think AB has a great future. And I think AB has a great future, particularly in Nashville. And Nashville has a great future. And so we're, we're just happy to be a part of it. Great. Thanks. Uh, I, I would mention that uh, I think it's a powerful message about the the global reach that Nashville has. And we've, we've uh, uh, occasionally struggled to get the word out about how important it is to know what's going on in the world. But uh, this program, Global Nashville with Carl Dean and other global aspects of Nashville, we, we like to uh, uh, inform people about it. And this was really a, a great opportunity to share a story about uh, a, a leading business uh, like Alliance Bernstein coming here and bringing an international reputation to town. And, and also we appreciate the involvement in the community. Uh, there's, uh, it's been tough times for, for nonprofits and we're all happy to have uh, people who are concerned about uh, what's going on in the community. So thank you very much, Kate Burke from Alliance Bernstein for being with us tonight. Mayor Dean, thank you, sir, for uh, being with us for another evening. Uh, this is a, a little longer ago than, than typical, but I think we covered a lot of ground and, and uh, it was a great program. So thank you very much everybody and uh, please have a, a great evening.